Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, November 12, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We had a lot of movement today. We have a lot of stuff on the docket. The market's doing stuff. We need to decipher it. We need to peel back the layers of the onion, look under the hood. What exactly is the market trying to tell us? What is the storyline? That's exactly and precisely what we're going to set out to do here in this video. Let's start with the daily chart. There's a couple of lines of importance on the screen. Let's go over them one more time and then we'll drill down. 358.75 is a former high. Therefore, it's important. The market's above that, spiked it. We have a failure or a potential failure on our hands. We've said for a few days, a trader can be short against the high from Monday. However, they do run the risk of the market running up the breakdown candle to at least run a test or break out over the high. That is a real risk. That is a real setup. We talked and showed the S&P E-mini futures contract. We have a tail candle in the futures, looks slightly different than the SPY. However, how do you trade a tail candle? You wait till price retraces a portion of the tail candle. The rest of that is taught in the course at Lazy E-mini Trader. You can be short against the high of the tail candle. Technically speaking, because this is a daily chart, you would have to wait until they closed above on the daily close above the high of that tail candle for that trade on the short side to be incorrect. What else is going on on this daily chart? Well, when you look at this, and we talked about this the other day too, you have a huge move down. They create this breakdown candle. So a lot of times what markets will do is they either run a test of near the top or at least make an attempt to get to the high of the breakdown candle or they make a bearish wedgish or a bearish flaggish formation which is potentially what's going on here. So for three days we've now traded back and forth around the lows or the lower portion of the original breakdown candle. So what that is it's a bearish flaggish slash wedgish formation in the making those portend lower prices if that specific pattern is going to play out the problem is and the risk is that price does like to run up towards the top of the breakdown candle before breaking down hence the term or the name breakdown candle at present what's going to contain price on the upside from running up too high well for one it's going to be yesterday's high then it's going to be 358.75. Above 358.75, that's trouble for the bears. That's a bull run towards the top of the breakdown candle if they can begin closing hourly and then daily above 358.75. Without that, no dice. The bears would have the upper hand until and unless they were able to get back above 358.75, which is the old former high. That would really signal another breakout. Let's drill down a little further. Remember this chart. We looked at this yesterday. We looked at it all week long. It was the 240-minute chart. And if you'll remember, this is the one, or it was the 120. I don't remember which one we used. Maybe both. It was these charts that was really the picture worth a thousand words. It was these charts that said, hey, the market's coming back to test the last breakout area. That's what happened right here with this low. Then they started reversing, taking off to the upside. 
Now they're coming back down to that same zone. Is that the same as it was before? And the answer is, no, it's not. You don't want that the second time around. So the longer the market hangs down in this neck of the woods, the more the probabilities are they're going to go lower. If they go lower, where's the next spot of real importance? Where would the next spot where we would find bona fide at minimum of intraday support? Well, when you run the numbers or when I run the numbers, I came out with an interesting spot. Some of you will remember this spot here from the 23rd of October. That spot we were calling, or I was calling it, one of our, and there's multiple, there's always multiple, but this was one of my breakdown spots. The market had a breakdown candle and it went sideways. It put in a bearish, wedgish, flaggish kind of formation, and then you can see here it broke down. When it rallied back up, you can see it tried to get past that spot on this day here. This was the 5th, or the 3rd, pardon me, no, the 4th. The 4th of November, it tried to get past that and was rejected intraday. The following day, they gapped over it. That was a hint to me that that spot is important. So on the way back down, that spot's going to be important again, but yet just slightly lower, but that's the general zone. Well, lower than that, what do we have? We have a gap. So here's the gap at 343.54. And that spot we were talking about, we'll call it 345.78. So we'll call it almost 346, 345.75. So between those two spots, I'm comfortable in saying if, and this is a big if, right? It's a capital I, capital F. If we find the market in a flush type of scenario, wake up Friday morning, trading lower, big gap down, whatever. I'm not saying we are going down there. I'm saying... That's a spot of interest if there's a flush. And here it is. So you've got this gap down here at 353.54. You have this at 345.78. Somewhere in between is actually your spot all the way down to the gap around 343.50. We'll put that line up there somewhere smack in the middle, 344.50. And by the way, Remember the other day, we did a little bit of a tidbit on midpoints. Well, this is the utilization of such midpoint. It's the halfway in between two important spots. We don't know exactly where the market's going to stop. So I'm splitting the difference and saying, maybe they come through the first number. Maybe they never get to the second. That's a logical place. Now, what else am I saying about this? I'm not saying the market's going to get there. What I'm saying is that this is a big spot for me. So what I've done is I've done some math, I've done some analysis, and I said, hey, if they're in a flush situation, where's the opportunity? That's what I came up with. Maybe they're going to be down 20 points tomorrow. Maybe they're going to be up 30 points tomorrow. We don't know. I'm giving you the they're killing the market when you wake up Friday morning number. All right, enough of that. Put it down on a sticky note. I'll leave it on the chart. Next thing we want to discuss is 353.60. It's the middle line up here. And the reason I want to discuss it is because it was an important spot. It should have worked for a trade this afternoon and it didn't. So what we're going to do now is go over to inside the numbers. We're going to go over the notes, the commentary. We're going to go over stocks on the move. You always have to see, you always have to hear me discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's the way we learn. We learn from mistakes. 
We learn when things go wrong and it's part of the business. I had a losing trade this afternoon. What bothers me more than a losing trade for myself is a losing trade that I proposed to other people. In other words, if I'm putting down in the notes, hey, I'm getting in here, I know a lot of people are following suit. I get that, it's not lost on me. So that's what bothers me, not me losing money, it's the fact that I was wrong and other people followed suit. So let's just get that out on the open. Right out of the chute in the pre-market, we know the futures were active overnight, so we're looking for a wider trading day. We're looking for some volatility to enter the market. That is what happened. Not really volatility in the sense that we think about it. The market wasn't wild and woolly, but volatility expands when price movement expands for the most part. Let's see what else we got. So we've got the early thoughts. We've got an early range, we've got the overnight low, we've got some stuff on the north side, way up north from the overnight last night. It's wide, but those are the numbers. Let me just scroll up a little bit so that you can pause the video, read the notes at your leisure, go back to the charts, and double check the work. Now, check this out. So here's a number, 353.50, it's a zone, to 353.20. I narrowed it down a little bit, I actually raised the price a little bit later in the day, but 353.60 was a number you saw on the board. I've already zeroed in on this zone, this number, early in the day before the market even opened for business. Now let's put that in perspective. You know the routine, right of the vertical, today's activity, five minute chart. So here, the market's opening up in this area here, right? So it's opening. In fact, what was the opening print today? Opening print was 355.27. I'm talking about a number all the way down at 353.60. It's about 20 points away in the S&P 500. There's a method to the madness. Go with me on this. I've zeroed in on the number in the pre-market, and the day gets underway as normal. Now, the reason I brought that up is... Because when I zero in on a number in the pre-market, and it comes up a number of different ways, in other words, they're slapping me in the face saying, that's the number, then that's the number. And it's going to be the number at least 80 out of 100 times, 8 out of 10, any way you want to look at it. Well, guess what? There's another side to that. That means that 2 out of 10 or 20 out of 100 are still going to be losers. There's still going to be the wrong number, even though it appears it's the right number. But this is the way this works. There's a reason I'm bringing this up. Go with me. There's a method to the madness. I know the number was right. I'll take the trade again 100 out of 100 times the next 100 times it comes up with the intent of fully winning on the next 100 trades with the full understanding that I'm not going to win on the next 100 trades. That's the business of trading. You have to get back on the horse. The number was right. The setup was right. It didn't work. You have to learn how to lose. You have to learn how to accept the fact the trade wasn't working. The market did something different than I anticipated that it would do at the point in time when it should have found support, turned around, and went back in the other direction. Just like stocks on the move, it was wrong. But the method, the strategy, the setup, the calculation, all that stuff was right. Now look at a five-minute chart with the after-hours activity. What did they do? They ran right up to get back over that number. See a couple of back tests in these five-minute candles? What was the low here? 353.60. 
What was the low here? 350-361. Any accidents or coincidences? I think not. The number was good. The trade didn't work. By the way, what else could we say about the market and the activity this afternoon? They made a low, and then they turned around, and the last few minutes of the day, they ripped the market back up. Why do they do that? What causes that? Did something change at the end of the day? Did the news cycle turn around? Was there a new vaccine that got announced at about 3.30 this afternoon? About 3.50 this afternoon. What was the low in this candle? So that was it. 3.50 this afternoon was when the market turned around and started heading back in the other direction. Did something change in the last 10 minutes? And the answer is, no, it didn't. They do this all the time. Why did they do this? And who was they? We'll get to that in a minute. They do it to issue a pie in the face. How many traders? Let me switch charts. Here's a 15-minute chart. Market's down here. It's hovering down here about 351.5, give or take. How many traders do you think started shorting the market this afternoon looking for the big gap down Friday morning? Maybe it happens. We don't know. But think about it like this. How many times have we talked about this? How many times have I showed you this exact exchange, this exact setup where at the end of the day, there's a magic buyer of the market that shows up to buy up all the outstanding shares driving price where it hasn't been in hours or even days. They do it all the time. On a brighter note, how about the 939 post? RVLV is in the books as an official nice trade. Rest is trader's choice. We'll get to stocks on the move a little bit later, but that was worth an honorable mention. As you can see, the SPY was rather quiet most of the day before it got going in the afternoon in the southern direction. What I'll do is scroll up, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts, see if a couple of things happen. A, do you learn anything? Be honest with yourself. Do I have information that you seem not to have and that may be valuable to you if you're actively trading during the day. Can you learn something from these notes each and every day? Can you learn about the numbers each and every day? Can you participate with Stocks on the Move or the SPY trades or direction or support and resistance? There's something for everybody every single day. Let me continue scrolling up, pause the video, read the notes, See if you can answer those questions. If you can, maybe it's right for you. If it's a no and a hard no, fair enough, it's not for everybody. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. How about stocks on the move? We'll take a look at two charts. The first few didn't hit their price objectives. Two did, ENR and RVLV. Let's go to the videotape. Actually, we're going to the chart. So ENR, Energizer Holdings, that's the first one on the board. Looks like a debacle, looks like a shit burger, but let's actually figure out what it really was. You can see what happened. Now we're on a one-minute chart. So here's the close from yesterday, 47.18. Getting sliced and diced at the open, they opened below the first number. We know the routine with the numbers. They're close together. Equal case can be made. They're each or both as important as the other one. Opening below the first takes it off the table. What do we do? We look to the second number. What was the second number? 42.10. What was the low in the third minute of the day? 42.10. What was the high in the fourth minute of the day? 43.51. That's called a rocket ride. Sometimes they keep going. Sometimes they come back down. But they gave the deal. 
I wasn't filled at 42.10. Some traders were filled at 42.10 or some traders front ran the number and were filled at a number north of 42.10. Think 42.10 or that general ballpark was important. The market hovered there for quite a while. And then what time was this? Right before lunchtime, they started breaking down and that was it for the day. But they bantered back and forth. They have a cup of coffee around 42.10 waiting to continue on to the ultimate destination. How about RVLV, Revolve Group? Who are they? Who knows who they are? Who cares? Stock closed up above 22 yesterday. Haircut at the open. That's what creates opportunity. 1903 was the number on the board bright and early. Need I say more? What was the high over here? 2116. Focus on this. Stock's dropping at the open. It's headed to a destination. Every stock, whether it's going up or going down, is headed to a destination. If you can pick out the destination correct, in this case, the support area correctly, they're going to do one of two things. They're going to turn around and go back in the other direction, or they're going to hang out for a cup of coffee because the destination is elsewhere. Well, you would say, well, wait a minute, what happens if they blow through it like a hot knife through butter? Isn't that a third thing? And the answer is, no, that's not a third thing. That's when the number is wrong. That's a whole nother ball game. 83% of the time, the number is right. If you're new here, you don't believe that, just go back and watch these videos every single day. I post every single trade. What about Camp IWM? What's going on over there? Same routine as the SPY. You got the big breakdown candle. You've got a market that's breaking down. They haven't yet closed below Monday's low. So check this out. Monday's low is 169.33. They made an attempt to get below it today. They closed above it. That's important for the time being. If they do close below it and you find them closing hourly and then daily below it, what does that do? It opens the door down to the gap, maybe even slightly lower than the gap. 163, 164, that general zone is in fact the most recent breakout area. What do markets like to do? They like to come back and test the most former breakdown area, the most former breakout area. They do it all the time over and over and over again. We talk about it every single day. All charts act and react the same way. All this stuff is taught in the course, Lazy E-mini Trader. What I'm giving you here is snippets. I'm giving you a piece of this, a piece of that. If you want to pull back the curtain and get the whole ball of wax, you got to go take the course. You know, we like to look at a variety of charts. So the daily chart says one thing, and what I just said was, they haven't closed below on the day yet, below Monday's low. Okay, fair enough. But what happens when we look at a different chart? Here's a 120-minute chart. Here's Monday's low. They closed below it, only to rally back at the end of the day. Do we trust the rally back at the end of the day in the last few minutes? Or is this a tip-off closing below it in the middle of the afternoon or before the end of the day shenanigans? Nobody ever said this was easy, but this is how you do it. You have to look at a variety of charts and you have to have stuff that matters in your back pocket. You have to know the stuff that matters. Closing below Monday's low matters. What about the folks down at the transportation department? What's going on over there? Well, we talked about the tail candle last couple of days. What's going on here? They ran a test or a retracement halfway up the tail candle. They've now come down lower. 
guess what? That's garden variety stuff that happens. That's right out of the course, lazy e-mini trader. Technical stuff 101. What's the higher probability scenario going forward? Are they going to rally back up and get above the tail candle high, or are they going to come down and fill the gap, get into these moving averages a little bit? Odds on, they're going to get into the moving averages and fill that gap. If they can rally back above 12,000, different story, no dice. Getting back above 12,000 gives the bulls reason to rally again. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Does this chart look any different than the majority of the rest? And the answer is no, it doesn't. Either they're going to eclipse the breakdown candle high or they're going to break down. And here we do have a different setup on this chart as opposed to many of the others. We have that lower high scenario going on. This chart looks different. The cues are in a different position. The weekly closes are always important. I'm going to be watching the weekly close on all these charts tomorrow's close. But just keeping in mind, when you look at the weekly, they're above all the moving averages. Technically speaking, there's nothing wrong with this chart. But if the daily chart morphs into more of that lower high thing and they have trouble, the weekly chart ends up challenging this most recent breakup candle low. And if they ever give it up, when they ever decide to give it up, look out below. While they're above everything, the trend is your friend until what? Until it's over. We just talked about the weekly close again. We're staying on the weekly chart because the XLF is now below our very important number of 2680. That's going to be everything for the XLF based on weekly close. Now, just because they close below or above it this week doesn't mean they're going to do something different or similar next week. But each and every week, each and every day is another piece to the puzzle. 2680 is important. I'm watching where they close the week. 2680 is a weekly important number because this weekly breakdown candle from the week ending June 12th, 2020 is the spot. Close above that and the bulls have reason to run. They'll have some mustard in the jar. Smash mouth, does this chart look any different from the majority of the rest? And the answer is no. It's all the same market. They're all going to follow suit together. Not necessarily to the same magnitude. Not every day, all day. But for the most part, on a big move up or a big move down, they're all moving in lockstep. They're moving together. In order for the bulls to have anything to say about Smash Mouth, they have to get up back into this breakdown candle and begin climbing. Without that, no dice. You have an open item or an open gap down here. Price is 186.58. The low from over here on the 10th is the gateway, yet those two prices are rather close together, meaning the gap and the low. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.